Welcome to the Third One Sucks, where we rank every movie in a franchise from first to worst. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Mark Bell. And I don't think so, Tim. What are we going to talk about today, Mark? <laughs> Man, today we're talking about Air Bud, seventh inning fetch. A dog playing sports film written by Sarah Sutton, directed by Robert Vince, and produced by Anna McRoberts. Airbud's seventh inning fetch released on June 18th, 2002, and stars Caitlin Wax, Chantel Strand, Molly Hagen, Richard Karn, several dogs, and the last android survivor of Altair. What uh, okay. what's our fan review this week? What is Mark? Explain yourself, Mark. <laughs> you know the uh, scientist fella, professor, whatever, whatever in this movie. We're gonna get into that. He's the he's he's the guy. He's those two scientist people are just the like. We'll get into it. Yeah. Who? Yeah. What the? What, what are you referencing? I don't understand. <laughs> That is Jay Brazo, who is a character in Stargate SG-1. His name's Harland. He is the last android survivor of Altair. Because that that phrase is such a weird phrase. And I saw it when I was, you know, 16 years old or whatever. That phrase just lives in my head eternally. So when I saw that man, I was like, ah, it's the last android survivor of Altair. You know, you know how just sometimes, especially when you're a kid, it still happens to me. But especially when you're a kid, sometimes you'll just hear a thing and you're like, well, I guess that order of words is in my head forever now. Sure. That that is at least a couple of times a year I think about the phrase the last android survivor of all terror. And then here he was That's in the Sarah Bud film. <laughs> This is sort of, I don't know, like a low-grade echolalia that happens when yes. it just gets stuck in your... In your <laughs> it feels so good to say. Like, I had a moment like that whenever I was younger, Mark, because uh, okay. we're already derailing our show. <laughs> sure. Yep. <laughs> There's no train. There's no... We, we're, we're going. We don't need reds. Like, <laughs> I had that moment whenever I was younger with like a... what uh, Fucking... What was that? It was a television show and it took place in Boston... Maybe Boston Legal? Was it Boston Legal? Boston Commons? Or? Boston Legal? I don't know. But there was a show that took place in a school that was on around the same time, and I think it was that one. Okay, um, okay. There was an advertisement for it. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I guess I'm doing it here, <laughs> where they very like dramatically space out the way they say this. And I'm going to get okay. to I'm This is a lot of build up for nothing, so brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's going to be humorous. <laughs> but, uh, and the way they said it, I like really got stuck in my head and so i would just say it to myself all the time okay and then that like next week at church i went around and said it to people <laughs> do you know what that particular phrase was i mean no i can't even guess how could you there's absolutely no discernible like context for this i went around saying <clears throat> pre-mature ejaculation <laughs> just a bunch of random Amazing. people <laughs> as a, like a i don't know i was probably like 11 or right, 12 right. something like that at the time just, just like the, random the words got stuck <laughs> it really just got stuck in there had no idea what it meant i <laughs> would just want like and so many older people looked horrified and confused sure i mean sure that's a weird thing for a child to say to you sure anyway <laughs> Our movie review this week was from Rotten Tomatoes fan reviews from Oda N. I assume Oda Nobunaga traveled <laughs> sure, through yep. time to uh, watch Airbud 4 on August 1st, 2012. Oda said uh, five stars. 
I know what you're thinking. How can a dog play basketball? Just like Shakespeare Air Bud 4 will require suspension of disbelief. Okay, now about KJ Pralk's review about this being over the top. What exactly is over the top? That dude is just being an asshole. <laughs> I just love... I mean, clearly the reason I put this in here is because someone wrote a review of Airbud that included the phrase, just like Shakespeare, Airbud 4. Shakespeare. <laughs> what a weird what a weird property to reference for like I think their point is like you have to have that, you know, willing suspension of disbelief. But like why why is Shakespeare your particular go-to for that? Uh Mark, I know nothing about history and you're a white man who enjoys sure. sports, yep. so <laughs> Oda Nobunaga or Shakespeare, who's older? Who like who <laughs> He's from a more before before time. <laughs> well, Shakespeare is, is from like the 1500s. <laughs> not, okay. Um, I don't know when Oda Nobunaga is from. Sorry to tell you. That's, yeah, I, I mean. To our five I, listeners like, in my, Japan. My weird Japan instinct, Japan. and we're going to have to check this, but my uh-huh. weird instinct is they might actually be contemporaries. Like, I, I think they may have existed around the same time. Can you just Google that for me live on mic right now? Yeah, Mark? okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm confident that Shakespeare was like mid-1500s, died in the early 1600s. I took, I'm, I'm a white That's man fair. who went to a very white college. I took classes on this stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, under, I wonder why Shakespeare made it in there and not Odin and Benaga. Anyway. Odin and Benaga. Um, um, yes. Born June 1534. Ooh. Legitimately contemporaneous with Shakespeare. <laughs> fascinating that's why it's oda's like that's such a good point yeah <laughs> that's his touchdown it's just shakespeare's his buddy his air buddy one might say <laughs> they used to write sensual love letters to one another and the, the two of them are spending their afterlives arguing over the Airbud franchise yeah look i want i want and clearly oda has a time machine you know maybe just shouting out his home with shakespeare i is he a ghost and a time traveler (laughs) whatever movie we're picking up is way better (laughs) time traveling ghost oda nobunaga and his lover william shakespeare (laughs) willie shakes willie shakes i love it uh when's the first time you saw this movie mark (laughs) i don't know whatever i've said for the last several movies continues to be true okay it was like today wife has a young sibling who was exactly the right age to be interested in these movies around the time they were happening so i've watched most of them <laughs> how about you T- today <laughs> for, for this delightful i am very excited to see how this movie like because all of these for me are to some degree i can place them in the time they happen because i experienced them when they happened <laughs> Uh, And I experienced them watching them with a literal child, right? Like a child who was excited that there was another Air Bud movie to watch. Uh, I am very curious as to how Air Bud's seventh inning fetch plays out of the blue in 2023 (laughs) when you are a 30-some-year-old man. Look, it's... I'm too old, Mike. I'm too old. Look... And you're older than me, which is interesting. I, I was telling you before we started this podcast, this movie's very 2002. Mm. It feels bit like I can feel the culture in this movie <laughs> of the moment. 
<laughs> seeping through the television screen. This is an interesting thing I discover uh, as I'm aging some uh, mm-hmm. is that like there are very much there are a lot of movies that feel very much like a relic of their time. There are movies you can watch and like, oh, yeah, that that very clearly is a movie that was made in the 70s. that feels like the 70s, but I didn't live in the 70s. So it's not evoking any like personal sense <laughs> memories in me. Right. <laughs> like, sure. But specifically with movies of like the 90s and 2000s, movies of like when I was a a kid through teenager, I now watch them and have these weird sense memories of like, oh, yes, I distinctly remember what it felt like to exist in that specific culture. Like you're just you're trying to tell me that Air Bud 4, Seventh Inning Fetch is like your taxi driver. Is that what I'm getting? From? Absolutely. So I am, I am curious to talk about this movie in the framework of being a movie from 2002. Because, listen, we got to have something yeah, to talk it, about while we talk about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> there has look, to be jo- some hook. Josh's outfit, right out the gate, his whole <laughs> sense of style is yep. what did it for. Like, just the, immediately, the, like, I'm slightly like, oh, gelled I remember hair. this. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this. He's, like, wearing, like, dollar store version of Oakley's, and he's got, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, a very particular brand of, like, cargo pants. Like, his whole yep. style is, like, I had this outfit. Yep. I had this outfit as a young white boy. Absolutely. <laughs> as a card-carrying white man, I had one of these. Josh is briefly in this movie, worth noting, a couple of times. He like, he's here to start the movie, and then he pops in to say goodbye at the end. Yeah, he bookends. It's fine. Look, here's the... Th- I think this is the last we see of Josh. Is that accurate? Yeah, Josh... Is is mentioned if I remember correctly? There's like a passing reference of like, yeah, he's staying at college for sports camp practice or something. I have questions for you immediately, Mark, about <laughs> the timeline. I immediately going to this movie have questions about the timeline because these dogs, these are big dogs, <laughs> yes. and I know yes. there's a whole spinoff franchise where they're like tiny puppies. <laughs> Correct. Well, no. So that is legitimately you have stumbled upon a a piece of slight tension within the Airbud fandom such as it exists. Please dish. This dog so, dish. So after the last Airbud movie spikes back that we're gonna talk about in our next episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Air Bud continues to exist as a presence in the first couple of buddies movies to like hand off the, f- you know how like Zach Braff was in the first few episodes of Scrubs season nine. <laughs> I absolutely do. Yes. <laughs> it's that. So like Air Bud's doing that, like Bud, the character of Bud is doing that in the buddies franchise. Right. Kind of like Josh did here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, and in that movie, he has a, a litter of puppies. And the sort of, I'm going to say bone of contention, I didn't mean that to be a pun, but I'm going to take it anyway. Bone of contention within uh, the like the broader plot is, is that Bud's second litter, because the first litter is never mentioned or discussed, or is it sort of like a soft reboot situation to launch this, the, like the new version of this franchise? Interesting. Because like we saw the other litter getting born in continuity. Yes. And they all have names, like Shooter and Zack. <laughs> Did the new puppies not have those same names? No, the new puppies all have real bad pun names, like Butterball. Because, you know, Bud, Butterball. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so it is clearly like a different litter. Yeah. The question is, is the first litter still like existing in the world? Or were they retconned out with a soft cannon reboot? You're telling Here's what I'm hearing. 
part <laughs> is that we have a bunch of first litter pups just out there poised to become the dark and gritty wing of the Airbud franchise. <laughs> yes. Correct. <laughs> you can keep having these buddies films for kids, but then we can also have like Zach the mechanic dog. Like and it's just like Shooter it's a shot who for is shot no longer recreation a of player, Drive. But is an assassin. What I want is I want one for Zach and it's just a shot for shot remake of Drive and but it's the dog calls on him. I would <laughs> I love that. Give me enough B roll and Adobe Premiere, and I'll make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) We've taken some swings at this movie already, but I do want to mention up front: there's a moment. There's like a moment where I'm like, "Is this gonna not suck?" Listen, it has. I'm going to say this at the top because I'm going to talk about it throughout. It has more Mm. plot than the last ones do. It has more character Mm. growth for not dogs than the last ones did. That bar is very low, and there's not a lot of character growth, but there's some. There's, like, active tension between two human characters. The first three notes in my notes for this movie are, those refs were actually secret evil scientists all along? Question mark. (laughs) Because the evil scientists are just the referees from the previous movies. (laughs) Yes, so yes, correct. Number two, these girls are gay, right? <laughs> that, that seems very likely. <laughs> Number three, wait, does this suck less? <laughs> well, it doesn't not suck, I don't think, but it has heart and charm and Richard Karn. <laughs> heart, charm, and Richard Karn, the three magic yeah. ingredients for any film. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what they make the rowdy rope boys out of. Matt, so, okay, so... What is actually happening in this movie? Josh is going away to college. That's the that's yes. the start of the film. Josh is leaving to college. Bud is having a family reunion to hang out with all of his kids, which I love. I love the idea that all of his kids stuck around in town and that like all of their adoptive families are just pals, like by way of being interconnected through the Air Bud bloodline. They're also connected like as part of the like terrible facial hair cinematic universe every every owner of a buddy like child has the worst facial hair you've ever seen on a on a man and by that i mean it was the year 2002 sure love that does buddy's gal make an appearance in this movie i suddenly don't remember seeing her no she's a technically a female character so we don't have time for her Oh, <laughs> uh, Molly is the mom of the buddies, so she reoccurs in this franchise eventually. <laughs> I don't quite think I can connect the lines between how Bud and his children stay in touch, but it seems like he visits them, like he looks in on them from time to time, not just at their family reunion, but like he just strolls by and gives a nod like to the yeah. one who works in the barber shop. And, like, he stops for a quick shot at the basketball game. Yeah, he just shows up and he's like, I'm your dad and I'm here. I'm fucking famous in this town. This is the legacy you have to live up to. I want all you puppies to know anything you can fucking do, I can do better. Oh, you nepo what, puppies. You, can re- what, you fucking work as a mechanic? You punch wrenches and shit? I can read the carburetor. Move over. I'm going to go win the World Series. You stay here in this podunk town. I... 
I absolutely hate. The, the, we're skipping ahead to the very end of this movie. <laughs> Who cares? Absolutely <laughs> hate that is now becoming a pattern that he just shows up at the end of these movies to play in professional sports on a professional sports team and like the fucking like whatever their tippy top of sports tournament is <laughs> um i look i look i'm i've given up the noted sportsman uh sure. the, the veil has fallen away if you missed that in our last episode listener i'm sorry it's i'm a fraud he just shows up and then he like does better than these professional athletes and everyone's just like we love this dog he's the greatest thing we've ever seen and that's the end of these movies and i hate it i hate it both times that it's happened now i have i mentioned this to reese who is my wife's youngest sibling and the one who mm-hmm. watched uh the buddy movies now i mentioned this to them after we had discussed the last film and their headcanon is just that that is Air Buddy's, like, dreams or daydreams after the movie ends. Like, I got good okay. at soccer, and Bud just goes and has a dream about winning the World Cup. And that those like parts that of the better. movies aren't actually canon. They're just that I dog. feel like they can't be. Because, like, <laughs> that's this is like, look, let me read for you verbatim what I want. Ugh, I hate these Buddy playing pro sports tags because they never fucking matter in universe. <laughs> This one didn't even like, try. The last one at least had be, a minute where we introduced the World Cup soccer players. This one is just like, like, oh, hey, baseball is on the phone for you, bud. Right? You got a call from <laughs> Mr. Baseball. That's really what happens. <laughs> I know we're at the end of the movie already, but this one is particularly bad. Like, you've pointed out how it, like. It's very easy to show a dog playing football because this is a dog running down the field and catching a ball or playing soccer because this is a dog running down the field beside a ball. A dog Uh hitting a baseball with a bat is beyond the veil at this point. I don't see. That's what pulled me back on this movie is that whenever that shit, like not only when that happened for the first time, but also every time he catches it, it's like this like fucking street fighter ass punch noise happens every time he catches a ball and i'm like yes this is what this is what i want don't run the verisimilitude for me and make it boring i want like an over-the-top wacky ass noise like please the dog just like barely cocks his head while holding a bat in his mouth he's hitting home runs it's it, it, the, here's the thing is that whenever i saw that i was like that dog is gonna get whiplash and, and, <laughs> immediately and like that dog's gonna be in the fucking veterinary hospital because <laughs> balls are moving quick there's gonna be a lot of leverage coming off that like it's gonna hurt that dog <laughs> not bud he's superhuman he's the next evolution of canine kind <laughs> i guess so is that like a tag on one of the posters that feels like a tag on one of the posters i think that's what the professor uh what's his name professor referee was trying to say professor referee (laughs) right like working out of his rv laboratory they're trying to make like the uber mensch of dogs (laughs) (laughs) they're doing dog genics it's some wild some weird dog hitler thing going on here yeah there's some weird fucking like nazi dog signs happening (laughs) in an rv why are they in an rv dan why I don't know because they're poor. The bad guys in these movies always have to be poor. That is that is true. That has been a through line of these movies. That is like there's literally a through line of like we we hate poor people in these (laughs) movies. Correct. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
So this is a thing, too, that I don't know if this still exists in media, but in the... Mm. 80s through at least apparently 2002 the idea of like using a trailer park as a shortcut reference to like trash people existed (laughs) for like just just was just an understood piece of media you didn't have to like there they are in a trailer park so therefore they are trailer park people yeah is that is that still a thing so growing up my childhood best friend lived in a trailer park i hung out there all the dang time we played like mm-hmm. there were a lot of kids there it was great we could go and you could always find enough people to play a basketball game so every time those things happened on tv i was like well this does not quite mesh with my personal experience i don't know if it's still a a a media shorthand or if we finally move past that particular trope but i i, the, I mean there's very much like haha you're poor that sure yes of still oh, yeah. sure I feel like any version of like the like poor redneck stereotype leans into that same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yep. I just watched all of Res Dogs recently, which mm, okay, big recommend uh, on my end, and like that has this the, the same like sort of vibes where you know these these are definitely. This is a, a, like a community of people that I grew up around and would get treated the same way that like white people in in trailer parks would get treated in (laughs) terms of like how uh they talk about their relationship with class yep okay Uh, okay yep obviously there's other dynamics there to play but sure (laughs) yeah even if that like even in particular you're not hearing people get called trailer trash anymore because on the whole we're all poorer than our parents Uh (laughs) (laughs) you know correct um and I think that if we've made, you know, some leaps in any department, it's on in that one. And in, in terms of like the things we should be aware of intersectionally, it feels like we've at least moved the dial a little bit on respecting people of different like like of an underprivileged class in terms of like actual cla- like monetary like class structure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't I, I don't hear it as much anymore. But I also don't make the habit of hanging out with a bunch of shitty children. So, yeah, fair, who knows? Fair point. Fair point. I who should knows? probably just ask Ivy if that is still a cultural reference. She would yeah, know better. You have you have a child, <laughs> and I feel like they're a much more reliable source for this, depending on what area y'all live in. We live in the same area I lived in when I was a child, rural, poor Pennsylvania. We live in one of the like three poorest counties of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Well, hey, you you never know. The number four track on Gutterflower, the 2002 album by <laughs> <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls. Look, I've decided that I'm only doing songs from this record on this episode. I'll take it. We're not doing That's the fun. Billboard Hot 100. I just, because for my money, this is the best Goo Goo Dolls record. Okay, okay. And I know this is why people tune into the show. They want my hot takes about the Goo Goo Dolls. I listen, if our, if if our choice in this show is talking about Air Butter the Goo Goo Dolls, the Goo Goo Dolls are probably the better choice. I would hope so. Should we talk about the actual plot of this movie, I suppose? We could. Do we need to? <laughs> Do we have to? I mean, Josh goes I to college think, and yeah, his little I mean, sister Andrea joins the baseball team and then Buddy mm-hmm. joins the baseball team. Then someone tries to kidnap Buddy and then they right. come back for the very end of the championship game and win. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of movie here. It's, 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 it's the plot. It's the one plot they have. 
It's a little bit more interesting only because uh, the Tammy and her dynamic with Andrea is a lot more interesting than Josh and his dynamic with what's his name, who also showed up at the beginning Tom? of this movie for his a minute. name is Tom. Tom, yeah, he's yes. in this. And Andrea had the space to be like. Uh, she's just getting to junior high so she had the space to be a young mm-hmm. insecure kid who didn't know how to define herself and for the last couple yeah. of movies josh has just been like the sports hero who wins everything so naturally right. andrea's journey is a right. little more interesting yeah this feels more like Airbud one to me than the other yes. movies in a lot of ways um the b plot sucks in this movie those scientists what are we calling oh the scientists that's what we're called the b plot okay yeah that makes sense yep they're completely ancillary to everything else that's going on. It feels like until the very end, they probably shot on an entirely different set in like one week. They just, they're ticking off boxes and they're like, we need right. someone to steal dogs in this movie because someone part of the to formula. steal the dogs. <laughs> I, they're really beating that 101 Dalmatian drum like hardcore Yep, <laughs> it, we don't we don't need it. We don't need I do it. Like to be in this mistakes. case, their plan is basically like we have to steal dog DNA to sell it mm-hmm. to professional athletes. Here's a thing I'll say for Andrea in this movie. Yes, Please. I think much like you were saying, this kind of tracks with Airbud One. Much like mm-hmm. Josh was like the journey we were having with Josh in that first movie was we're in a new town. I've got this new, like, my mom's got this new dude in her life, and I'm feeling sort of lost and out of place, and I don't know what my position is within my family and within my community. And I think Mm -hmm. they do, if Airbud does anything well in this fourth film, it does a reasonably good job of sort of presenting a landscape of insecurity for Andrea, right? Like, Josh was her older brother and he's left and now her mom and her stepdad have a new baby that is by nature of being a baby demanding a lot of their attention and she's Mm -hmm. feeling this she's feeling this sort of existential tension of where do I belong in this family yeah I got real mad at her mom when she did not understand Andrea's relationship to Josh's room I like what Mm. mom turned like that's your kid. You need to be able to understand what's going on. What do you mean? Like, oh, I thought you didn't want it. So we just remade it. Like, no, they're clearly she is working through something. How are you not aware of the fact that she's working through something? Because you had good parents. Like, this is not, (laughs) I'm speaking for the listener. This is absolutely what parents do. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. I'll I'll take your word for it. (laughs) This is, this is what parents do. They go, Oh, I've, I've decided I want to do something selfish now without consulting my child about a thing that means a lot to my child. <laughs> my, my parents, uh, I picked out all the decor in like the bathroom, like the guest bathroom at our house. Okay. Right? I was like, sure. I, I picked out all that shit. And then one day they decided that their grandchild was coming to visit and without asking me, they decided we're going to redo all of that and repaint the walls. <laughs> By by way by which I mean because this is how my parents also operate. If something's not immediately affecting them, they don't take care of it. Sure, it got about half painted and it got uh, left okay. that way. Okay, and so now it's like mismatched painting and, and decoration. <laughs> they redid my siblings' room <laughs> to turn it into a princess room for the the grandchild without sure. in, without consulting my sibling whatsoever. Now, okay, so this actually is very close to your lived experience. I've watched it and I was 100%. like, where is your understanding of your child, mom? Like, how how did you miss this very obvious importance your kid has placed on this room? 
No, 100%, Mark. This tracks. <laughs> Parents are like this. <laughs> well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. And you have my sympathy. The I number just eight want song parents to love their children. The 2002 man. record by the Goo Goo Dolls. I just want parents to love their children. I know. Is that I a know. track on the Goo Goo Dolls album? <laughs> no, but I like like I said, sympathy is one. Uh, I'm gonna say, think about me. Think about me. Number yes, two okay, track yep. on. I'll take on, that. <laughs> I've got a flower of my Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> the best Goo Goo Doll record. <laughs> so, all right. So, Andrea, basically, she and Tammy are going to junior high together. They're starting junior high together. Yeah, definitely just friends going to school together. Definitely just school pals. And as Josh is leaving town for college on a bus... I mean, I guess people must take buses to college. That must be a thing. I don't know. Like, that also was so weird to me because I was like, why aren't, why aren't his parents taking him to college? Why aren't they driving, like, to drop him off and be there to buy whatever things his room doesn't have that he needs? They have new Josh at home in a crib right now. <laughs> they do have they new don't Josh. have time for old Josh. <laughs> Get on the bus, kid. We'll see you later. We have to keep this franchise alive. We got to have this dog kicking out, like, super Nazi puppies, and we have to have a new Josh. There's going to be a reboot in 2024. <laughs> it's going to air on the Great American Family Network or whatever that thing's called. Oh, God, it totally would, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I remember I remember the point I was making now is that when Josh left for college, he told Buddy to keep an eye on Andrea. That's the point I was trying to get to when I got distracted oh, by the fact that Josh was on the bus. I missed that and I hate it. And I, then for the rest of the movie, uh, Buddy just follows her like to school and baseball practice. I hate that, Mark. You retroactively <laughs> ruined good parts of this movie. Right? I thought he was just being a cute dog who loved his his, his friend. That was just his friend. He's going to school with his friend because he missed her. Nope. No, it's toxic masculinity. <laughs> Buddy knows it's, he has to be the man of the house now. <laughs> Exactly. When did this come up before? This has come up on this podcast before where they've done that trope of like, you have to be the man of the house. And so it's like, that's a child and that's a grown ass. It was Mighty Ducks. It was fucking Mighty Ducks. It was Mighty Ducks. Correct. Yeah. That's where it was. It was another sports comedy (laughs) film by the Disney Corporation featuring a, a fucking animal that can play sports. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I hate that shit. I hate it so much. And this time it's not even a child for an adult woman. It's a fucking dog. It's a dog. <laughs> uh, I like that Pat's personality has just entered its like, like grilling is half of who I am phase of yeah. middle age. Yep. <laughs> Pat, a completely different person for the third time in this movie with a completely different personality. Yep. This it one should have been Richard Karn from the beginning, but. Yes, correct. And this one pretty believably connects to. Pat 1.0 for me because Pat 1.0 was just so. like super milk toast white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Personality wise, they look like clearly two different human beings because they sure, are. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think Richard Carnes should have been the Pat from day one just because Richard Carnes need in it. like a suburban white dad in an early 2000s disney film it's richard karn like that's it's exactly what that dude is look the parents in this movie are the actors with the most pedigree right it's, that is probably true like, although the uh the sheriff had a very like like in 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 his 
era was a like a stand-up comedian and he was in a bunch of like he was in the amazing transparent man and some of the herbie movies like he's one of those guys that just like worked all through the 60s and 70s hollywood uh, i will say this about this movie is it's doing the bare minimum uh characterization for, of police in movies and sure. that he does absolutely nothing all day is more than like less than useless <laughs> in yep. every situation. Yep. And always just arrives late to a crime to go, ah shucks. Oh, he's such a worthless cop in just a giant hat. Why is he yeah. wearing a giant hat? I don't I don't know, it's the best part of his character. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that hat gets bigger every scene. <laughs> so so we're gonna have a whole montage of Andrea just being bad at things. Like that's just a chunk of this movie. Yeah, that's true. But it's also like I hit this moment in this movie where I was like, I love that Andrea's bad at things and Tammy's good at. It. Like I, my note was, I love that Tammy is great at this, and I don't know why. <laughs> it is endearing for Andrea because, like, again, the, if there is a through line that is remotely connective to the human experience in this movie mm-hmm. it is a kid going to junior high and feeling like she doesn't belong like yeah ah, that is yeah. a very lived experience this is great i like i do i feel like there's some heart like that's trying to be injected back into this franchise at the yeah. beginning of this movie yeah in the form of I andrea and then it, in, the, in the relationship between andrea and tammy like that's a very endearing yeah. there it's not it's not great it's a very low budget version of like that entire experience but it's there like they're, they're doing making it. an attempt yeah yeah which is more than i can say for that last movie and they're two reasonably good kid actors honestly yeah like they're they're it's the movie's not asking a lot of them but they're up to it they're up to what the movie's asking of them mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that tammy is is a surprisingly charming character she's very like i think because physically she's the sort of actor who would normally be cast as a nerd she's small she's she's thin she's redheaded it's like she's the archetype of uh the nerdy friend in a friend group and it is very fun to watch her just crushing things look if somebody competent and not a horrible human being was writing harry potter those those books would be about fucking ron weasley yes (laughs) and if somebody was competent making this movie that this would be about fucking tammy instead of andrea probably (laughs) there's this whole little sequence where like she's bad at the sport and i'm like this is great this is great because everyone else in her family is like has their thing i guess except for mom whose thing is being miserable with the new husband (laughs) being unhappy about being a parent and creating another child in hopes that that will somehow solve her unhappiness in parenting being being deeply depressed and never talking about it (laughs) that's her thing mark (laughs) pat's thing is morphing into a different human being spicy between movies Uh, and her brother's thing is sports, and he's good at yes. like all the sports apparently. Yeah, and his dog good also good at all the sports. And so you walk into this, and you're that's all that you can be in this family, except for depressed and a shapeshifter. So sure. she figures. <laughs> so I guess really at the beginning of the movie, she chooses depression and goes sure, yep. mother. <laughs> but then, like after the tryouts, we get the moment where they're like, "Hey, did you, what, uh, I, how'd I do, coach?" And like, basically, he's like, no, "Loki, you're fucking great. We want you on the team. Your friend yep. fucking sucks." <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not really what she says. She says something effective. What about Andrea? She's my definitely super hetero, not gay life mate. I right. promise. <laughs> I, I don't think but about we do that too everything much at all. together. And I won't yeah. do a thing if it's going to break her heart. Yeah, I would never do that. I just always want to be with her because we're like <laughs> the bestest of friends. And like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't ever want to, I don't want her to, like, I, 
I have to go. <laughs> Runs off. Yeah, it, it does seem for a bit like maybe the message is going to be Andrea can find her own path, right? Like, mm. but then the movie's like, not nah, Bud's just going to whip her into shape. Pretty <laughs> much, teach her to play a baseball. If, like I'm in charge of you now. I'm the dog of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're playing, so they're playing, it takes a while for the dog to play baseball on us. It takes. It does. Yep. He plays basketball early. He plays basketball like two minutes into this movie. <laughs> I that. love that Shooter has been adopted by apparently an entire team by that Fred I chose Durst. to interpret as a Fred Durst polyamorous basketball playing <laughs> collective. <laughs> they're all Fred Durst and they're all in love. <laughs> I love it. And you you walk into their commune and it's just basketballs everywhere. They're collectively referred to as the basketball guys throughout the movie. Are they? Yeah, even at the end. Like, there's a bit at the end where they're like, shooters missing. The basketball guys would really like it if anyone <laughs> who knows anything to tell them. The basketball guys. Basketball. I like to think... I like to think that, like, a herd of basketball guys is called the Durst. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Specifically if they're white. Like, white basketball dudes, it's called the Durst. So so there's a minute where the team is, the, the like, the, the coach post who made the team, which seems to be everyone who tried out for the team. There should not right. have, like, Andrea should not have been on the fence because they barely had enough people to field a team. A running problem mm-hmm. that Fern, Fernview, Fernville, Fern Town... Fernfield, a running problem that Fernfield seems to have is that they only ever have enough players plus one or minus one to field a sports team. Uh, And so Andrea finds out she's all excited. And this is this moment that is uh, it goes from very endearing to heartbreak for me in the span of about three seconds (laughs) because she's running home and she runs past the basketball guys and she yells, Mm -hmm. shooter, I made the team and shooter. A dog barks at her and looks very proud. And then she goes home and says, Mom and Dad, I made the team. And they do not listen and do not care. That's, not, that's just parents, buddy. I'm just telling you. But that dog was so proud of her. There's nothing more relatable, I think, so than, look, every day I came home from school whenever I was this age, and I had a dog, two dogs, I think, by this point in time, sure. maybe. I had a dog named Maggie, and it was like, I'll buy the fence and so it would run along whenever I was coming back sure. home. Yeah, yeah. And it would be like, hey, oh, yeah. The, you know, the one that I felt in the face of the basketball when the first sure. Airbud yep. movie came out? <laughs> one animal was harmed in the recording of this podcast. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you're proud of me. I did great today. And you tell the dog and it just feels like so thankful and happy. And then you walk into that house and like, it's a, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in a mood. They're having a day. As much as we have a very shared cultural Do background, we have very different uh, familial backgrounds. Because yeah. genuinely, every day, I think from kindergarten until I graduated, I would, whenever I got home, whether it was right after school or like if I had gone to a friend's house or a sports practice and then got home, did not matter. I'd walk through the door and mom would say, how was your day today? Anything interesting happened at school? Anything you need to talk about? Literally every school day of my life. No. <laughs> and then my dad would get home around six and he'd sit down in his briefcase and he would hug mom and then he would go to like take off his jackety thing if we'd sit down at the kitchen table and have dinner and dad would say how was school today kiddo you grew up in a sitcom mark that's not real life that's not this is why i constantly talk about boy meets world and happy days 
You do, because you're in the, the fucking... This, it's not the Seaver house. That's uh, the other one. That's Kurt Cameron, right? Yes. Yep. God, those are definitely some genuine differences. The number 68 song on the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 2002. You can't pronounce genuine that way and not expect me to immediately pull that list up. <laughs> Uh, uh, for what it's worth, that's a tradition I carry forward. Every day I ask my kid how school was and how she's doing. She has anything she wants to talk about. She usually doesn't, but, you know, I throw it out there in case. That's fair. You know what me and my dad talk about every day? Your question. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> so if you're wondering, listener, how should you treat your children? <laughs> Mark's doing something right. <laughs> Mark's dad did something right. Are we still doing a podcast? (laughs) No, we're just talking about trauma. (laughs) Well, dude, should we talk about the raccoon? We haven't talked about the raccoon yet. Well, he's hardly in this movie. I feel lied to. (laughs) He is in this movie. He is an equal part of the of the trio of bad guys his his role has equal weight to the other two bad guys in this movie is is this a rocket raccoon origin story there's like scientists and they're trying to create like a super dog like this is basically guardians 3 right this is this was a soft launch one of the buddies turned into cosmo so yeah they're like they've just got a raccoon i don't understand what rocky's his name's rocky rocky the raccoon sure I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand how he helps. Him. Like, do those do, do the do the buddies have like a s- collective psychological weakness to car keys? What's the that's what is happening? So, yeah, I had this exact question where I was like, <laughs> why? What what is happening here? I have to find it in my mountain of notes about this movie where nothing happens. <laughs> I don't understand the key raccoon thing. Why do they need both? <laughs> what, why is it that the keys alone do nothing for the dogs? The raccoon alone, nothing for the dogs. <laughs> raccoon with keys, we gotta get that motherfucker. It's very weird because every time they steal a dog, a scientist throws some keys in front of a dog's face, and then a raccoon goes up and picks up the keys and walks away, and the dog follows the raccoon as though he is the Pied Piper of dogs. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be much funnier <laughs> if they gave this raccoon like a flute and he could play it. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> also, these dogs just jump into the back of this thing with the raccoon, and they're very chill. All these dogs are very chill getting kidnapped. They're just yeah. like, okay. okay I sorry, assume whatever. their dad has just explained to them that this is part of what the, like, Sometimes inheriting the Air Bud legacy means. <laughs> I think he just thinks that's a normal part of life. It has nothing right. to do with his fame. This is what happens. He's just like, sometimes a guy will put you in a car and you don't see your family for a few days. It happens. Right. <laughs> Just be chill. They'll show up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> you may die after the movie, but for now, you're fine. And that is what happens. Like, they do kidnap the dogs one at a time. They kidnap Shooter and Zack and mm-hmm. dogs with other names that I forget. There's there's two moments that we kind of skipped over before the raccoon key things started happening. <laughs> sure. And that is the mailman announcer. I want everyone to know I hate this man. I oh, hate yeah. This. I viscerally hate this man. There's like I, 19 people in the stands. Why is there a 
grown ass adult doing play calling for junior high baseball. I don't know, but it like he immediately sets me off of like I don't like you, and then f- like five seconds later he says a wooga to a child hitting a home run, and I'm just like, the fuck did you just say? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, huh? <laughs> what? What, sir? Excuse you? <laughs> Somebody call the sheriff so that by the end of this game, maybe he's made it here. <laughs> I do not feel comfortable with this man being around children. Uh, and the second <laughs> no. thing was they brought back the fake paw where the buddy has to cover his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fake paw so much. Uh, buddy is just embarrassed at Andrea's lack of sports playing ability. Yeah, he's even the dog is ashamed of her. It's real <laughs> fucked up. Also, Josh gave Andrea the watch. This watch yeah. has been imbued with way more like emotional significance than I might yeah, have has, guessed. It's not in. It just has no fucking emotional resonance from previous movies. It's just a thing <laughs> they've introduced in this movie. Now there's a watch. So here's a kind of crummy looking watch. It's not going to mean anything other than somehow the raccoon's going to use it to steal Bud. And it feels like there's been so much movie so far. It feels like so much movie <laughs> has passed by the time we get here. And this is finally where the dog starts to play baseball. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I think the note yeah. is here is some baseball or at least something roughly approximating baseball. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me check. Oh yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Something roughly approximating baseball. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. I, it is on the same level of sport as every movie other than the first, like clearly the first Airbud movie was only sort of playing basketball, but that was a dog who was legitimately like trained to trick play basketball. So they didn't have to right. do a billion hard camera cuts to everything. Mm-hmm. But aside from that movie, the sports in this movie are on par with all of the other ones. Yeah. The dog does something and it cuts to a different scene of whatever the thing, the dog interacted with. <laughs> right. Yes. Doing right. something else. And all of the team is good at baseball except for Andrea. So she just like sits in the right. dugout periodically twirls her hat around. Sure. Yeah. Until the dog joins. Yes. Until, until the dog starts playing baseball. I forget why. The, oh, because uh, Tammy, who is immediately the best player, on, which again is great because she's yeah. this grony little sixth grader or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just crushing home runs. It's amazing. She's great, but she gets injured. And so Andrea gets like yes. called into the game. And Bud's like, all right, listen, if you're going to play, you have to actually learn how to play. And he drags her out of a baseball field and just fires high-velocity baseballs at her <laughs> yes. until she gets good at baseball. Uh, yep, that's how you do it. I know this was off mic, but he just uh, uh, J.K. Simmons to her. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Throw things at you until you get good. Yep, it's very dodgeball is another good. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I mean, it somehow it works and she becomes good at baseball and also can pitch. I don't know how Bud taught her to throw. That is outright inexplicable. Not just inexplicable, Mark, but she cannot throw. I know the movie wants me to believe it. Yes. But every single cut of this young woman throwing a baseball makes me go, that was awful. I'm and glad. I'm awful at all sports. I'm glad that was like extremely clear because i there are several moments in this movie where i was like baseball is the sport that i like for better or worse i'm a 40 year old white dude like i just i I like watching baseball i played baseball when i was a kid i like the baseball and so there are several moments in this where i was like boy this is some 
like this is bad baseball they're like they should have given someone who ever played the game of baseball this script just to make it sure mm-hmm. something about it lined up it, but so so like her pitching motion is it's just bad. awful it's so, <laughs> just bad. so awful but everyone's like oh she can pitch now and so she, yeah, what happens well, I, is i don't understand okay tammy gets injured and the weird pitcher on the team who is just kind of mm-hmm. like your garden variety sports jerk like he's just right. a uh, standard issue jock has to stop pitching because his arm gives out mm-hmm. and so the coach is like oh i saw i saw andrea throw a pitch or two that a dog caught andrea get in there and <laughs> close out the game but now there's yeah. a gap in in right field because the team only has 10 players and two of them are injured Right, it, that's where Buddy steps the, in. This outfit looks so bad on this dog. Not, I'm not like the fashion police, but somebody needs to arrest this dog. But it's so bad. It's so bad. The hat's like hanging off to the side. It's he looks like a drunk stepdad just rolled out of bed late to come play like catch with you. It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I'm very upset with the way this dog is supposed is is looking here. Like it feels like a crime against dogs to do this to them. <laughs> There's a brief minute of contention where Andrea overhears Tammy saying like or one of the other players complaining that Andrea's only on the team because. Tammy said she had to be or something. There's some kind of artificial tension introduced there. And I'll be honest, I 100% assumed that Andrea was already aware of that situation. <laughs> I did not think Andrea believed that she had made the team on her own merits. This is the part of the movie that plays a legally distinct perfect day. Like, it's the song Perfect Day, but it's just like off enough. And it's it all instrumental. You know what? Is. It's Does, amazing. Is it? It's incredible that that happens. <laughs> Uh, and, th- and it was that this baby hates this because <laughs> oh, yeah. there's this shot. There's this shot where uh, I, I I think the uh, the dad is holding up like the baby and making it dance or whatever, and the baby is just fucking <laughs> the baby is crying and upset. No, it's just a quick cut, but it cracked me up for the two seconds that it was playing. <laughs> And then, oh no, the dad's watch is gone. And and then below it, I noted these two are going to figure out their game in like three to five years. Yes. <laughs> we have now entered the final act of the Air Bud movie, which is every Air Bud movie, mm-hmm. the last full 30 minutes of the film is the championship mm-hmm. game and, and freeing some dogs. And sure enough, we've had exactly one hour of movie. We have exactly 30 minutes of movie left. And that 30 minutes of movie is going to be focused on one baseball game where an adult repeatedly points out that they do not have enough players on the team because Bud's not here. I hate it. I look at the town would all be used to this by now, right? Like clearly everyone, they all know Bud. They all talk. Clearly they should all be saying like, ah, it's fine. He'll show up in the seventh inning stretch. It's like his weird power move. He just likes people to know he's needed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, he is a fucking toxic ex who's like, oh, you think you can, you fucking, oh, so you can just, you can just do whatever without me? Fine. Fucking tow your own car. And then she shows up like <laughs> two seconds before midnight to pick you up. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Buddy's awful. He's a horrible dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this, this particular third act sucks extra hard because it starts with one of my most hated Things in movies. Mark, do you know what that is? 
grown men being overcome by a tiny net. I oh okay. every time, okay. every time, fucking tiny nets get me. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> why is this effective? What is happening? How are you caught in that net? Just keep I, walking. So I got it's only got, on your head. I get right. I got. I get so mad every time. That was instilled in such a young age for me from like Turtles too. That now every time our protagonist or even our antagonist in this case get trapped with a tiny net, I'm like, I fucking, I, I'm gonna scream. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very specific annoyance, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it for that reason. <laughs> this is where I note that the dogs are very chill with getting kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, I hate every adult involved in these baseball games, except for, like, the girl's coach. The umpire, I want to punch him in the face so bad. I want to punch this man in the face so bad. Why does Something he do the home run signal for outs? At I don't least know. twice. Like that thing where you put your finger up in the air and spin it in circles. That means home run. That does not mean strikeout. He just, his whole mission for it was to like, they handed him a VHS tape of a game from like 1994. And we're like, I don't know, just do <laughs> right. what he does. Again, nobody who was involved with the sport clearly was involved in this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, Maybe I, I think Air Bud's understanding of like the character of bud his understanding of a championship game is just like it starts by getting kidnapped like that's how you know it's time for the championship game that's why he's so chill by the time this movie rolls around he's like all right right yeah of course championship game that's just how they go for a bit (laughs) ever yeah it's part of a championship game (laughs) they take their best player and they kidnap them it's a free game ritual (laughs) <laughs> it does annoy me that like this very partisan announcer is like their three best players are gone and their three best players are like a girl with a freshly healed arm, right? their secondary pitcher and the dog, <laughs> the dog, <laughs> that's their three best players, huh? <laughs> it, there's so much nothing happening here. This is the part of the movie where I honest to God fell asleep. <laughs> Was it the part where they were just slowly riding their bikes after a slow driving car yep sure yeah. was. <laughs> that, that just kept going on and on and i straight up fucking fell asleep it was the least climactic version of this yet they're just like uh looks like there's a window there great let's uh go in the window and then we'll open the cage door mm. um then we're gonna get out of the go out of the window <laughs> problem solved there wasn't even like any angry Russians this time. No, there was no monkeys dumping fish guts on anybody. It was very boring. It was very boring. And then we repeated the car chase in the other direction with the car chasing the bikes this time until the car drove into pigs. Yeah. And then the, the cop found him because he should have <laughs> the cop found him. Yeah, that's what happened. I. And then my notes say all dogs go to baseball. <laughs> I saw that. That's that's my favorite part of this particular note. <laughs> this like whatever we're calling these are notes and show notes. They're show notes. That's show what notes, they are. Yeah. This is the show and they're notes. <laughs> it says right there at the top of the document, show notes. <laughs> and uh, they win a baseball game. I mean, they set some dogs free. They win a baseball game. It takes 30 minutes, but that's all that happens the reason you fell asleep is because nothing happens it's it's weird i don't i don't know you i did we mention earlier that like everyone was surprised when buddy could play baseball yeah why the town was shocked 
Despite Every, the fact yeah, that Buddy I, and all of his offspring his are thing. all sports-playing dogs. That's what he... At this point, it would be more shocking if he didn't play baseball. Yeah! That would, in fact, be a more interesting movie if the town got all excited, like, ah, oh, no, Andrea joined the... What sport have we not played yet? The ice hockey team. And, oh, oh three man. players got injured in one game, and we're short. We're short a player. What are we going to do? And the, the whole town turns to Bud, and Mark, it just turns out Bud can't skate. Mark, I want... A Mighty Ducks crossover where, yeah, <laughs> where they're playing in the fucking like finals or whatever else, and then they're like last matches against Fernfield, and then out comes Buddy <laughs> on a pair of roller skates. <laughs> Ice skates, uh, what the fuck ever. <laughs> and so it's the Mighty Ducks versus Air Bud. Oh my god. Does Surely there's some Julie exists? the Cat Gaffney joke in there somewhere. It has to be, 100%. Both of them have a Tammy on the team. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's the end of this movie. Oh, Josh, Josh is home. He watches Andrea win yeah. baseball to prove that she belongs in this family. Yeah, Josh is here. Uh, the, the, oh, the raccoon gave the watch back to the dog. That happened. <laughs> and so now the dog can give the sure watch did. back to the girl. Yep. That happens. And then Buddy has a hallucination where he's playing in the World Series. <laughs> the World Series. He is not only playing in, but is the MVP of the World Series. He hits a home run to win the last game. It feels like this movie started somewhere and it could have been something. It could have been a contender. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just phoned it in for the back half. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It just became like everything, all of the worst parts of Air Buddy showed back up for the, <laughs> for the back half of this movie. Like, oh, we were doing a few interesting things in the first 45 minutes, and then we just folded them all into the archetype for the last 45 minutes. You, yeah, when that happened, you know what I said, Mark? I said, what a scene. The number five song <laughs> on <laughs> Gutter Flower by the Goo Goo Dolls. They're probably for 2002. <laughs> we got, we got to rank this movie here. You have anything else I to guess. say about about the Airbud movie? There was the baseball playing Airbud movie. No, <laughs> don't. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, where's this? Where's this movie rank? We got. I don't know. Let's, let's let's put a stake in this thing. Weirdly, this is a pretty easy call for me. I know uh, where I'm putting it. It's it's the second best Airbud movie. Uh, it's it's. I, and that may just be because I like Andrea more than yeah. Josh, other than first movie Josh. She had something of a character arc and she had interesting things going on. The movie was about yeah. a human as much as it was about a dog for the first time in three movies. I, I so badly wanted to be right there with you. Like going into this, that's where I wanted to put this movie. And then the rest of the movie kept happening. And... <laughs> I just, like what happened is that like Golden Receiver is not a good movie. It's what's currently at my number two point. But in all the way that it's bad, I was laughing at the badness. Like, sure, there's they freeze frame on that dog in front of a green screen at the end of that movie, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas there's nothing that outlandishly like funny in this movie, and it also doesn't have what heart that first movie had. Legit, yep. It's not entertaining bad like Golden Receiver was for me. It's not infuriating bad like World Pup was for me. And it's not like digestible. This is fine kids media from the late 90s 
like the first Air Bud. So I'm putting it at sure. number three, okay, even though I wish fair. I was putting it at number two. Four Airbud World Pup, three seventh inning fetch, two Airbud Golden Receiver, one Airbud the first. <laughs> Airbud the first. Dan, what are, what are we watching? What can we finish talking about Airbud for? What are we watching next? Next up, we're gonna take this dog out back and put a bullet between its eyes. Oh no! With Airbud spikes back, we're gonna air, air, air yeller. We're gonna air yeller this franchise. Gonna air yeller. <laughs> <laughs> where the where the red fern balls <laughs> more like home run bound am i right oh no oh no uh, <laughs> The Third One Sucks is a Retrograde Orbit radio production. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends and make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you want to get in touch or share suggestions about what we could cover in the future, you can contact us on Twitter at the Third One Sucks or email us at thethirdonesucks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel. Welcome to the third one sucks. We rank every nope. <laughs> Feel myself stumbling over it. We gotta. Get, I keep having a couple of these at the beginning of these That's episodes right. lately. <laughs> Welcome to the third one sucks, where we rank every movie. In a, it still doesn't feel good. <laughs> Does, I don't know if you can bit, tell a difference uh, at all. No, it, that one felt a little bit Pinsy? not exactly mumbly, but like the words yeah. were bouncing into each other a little weird. Welcome to the third one sucks, where we rank every nope. Welcome to the third one. Oh my fucking god! I'm gonna, I've never said these words in this order before in my life, Mark. You gotta cut me some slack. We haven't been doing this for four years. Welcome to th- fucking hell. Oh shit! I quit. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Welcome to the third one. Sucks. Why can't? What is happening? What is happening? You feel it, right? I can, can you give me one more take of the words dog DNA, but say it like dino DNA from Jurassic Park? <laughs> Gotta really hit that draw. Gotta really hit that. I can't draw, though. Like, I don't have that. Oh, that's the problem. That's maybe you me. can, maybe like, you can give me you. that read. Got freaking the code. I gotta I walk back through the, the scene in my head. Doggy DNA. That's, I mean, that's not... That's not incredible. <laughs> but it gets the job. This is what I, we're reduced to in this episode. I am bad at accents to begin with and very northern. So I have like like Dino DNA. That there you go. That was better. That second one was better. Doggy DNA. <laughs> I think I'm getting progressively better as I do it. Yes. Yep. We're getting there. Yeah. The next twenty minutes dinosaur. of this podcast are just gonna be dancing doggy. <laughs> Me saying DNA. dinosaur, doggy DNA over and over again. <laughs> Is this it? Is this what you want? Is this the content you signed up for, listener? <laughs> they had a the oh a, nothing we talk about is going to make the edit. Whatever <laughs> that new channel that uh, Kurt Cameron's little sister is apparently fronting. It's the not Hallmark. It's like Hallmark for Jesus people, right? Correct. Yes, like Hallmark let gay people kiss, and so Kurt Cameron's little sister left. Yeah, we saw too many black people and gay people kissed one time. Yes, correct. <laughs> and now, and like done. the old boss of Hallmark is now like the new boss of that channel or whatever. That channel, 
counter-programmed the Puppy Bowl with their own Puppy Bowl this year. Did they just call it, like, also the Puppy Bowl? <laughs> what it was they... called, like, the Rescue Bowl or something. Uh, hey, that's... There's white women all over that. Right? I, don't, I hate that I love so the much. the idea that they're like, this programming is... is just like we're running the risk of there being i don't know a gay kitten or something we better make sure we get the rescue <laughs> bowl going it has to be re- specifically rescue pities because we love them yes. <laughs> we love racially coding dogs uh <laughs> this team's all pit bulls this one's all poodles no reason yes no reason whatsoever <laughs> go poodles <laughs> Those those pennies are from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs>